Well, Ulysses, as we say, it's always important to win series, and that's what the Rays did against the Texas Rangers over the weekend. They did. They kind of stumbled in the beginning on Friday evening, but uh, they, they came through Saturday and Sunday with W, so let's talk about it. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we're the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Rays. Well, as we alluded to, the Rays won two of three games versus the lowly Rangers. They lost game one on Friday by a score of four to three, one game two on Saturday, five to one, and then one game three on a football Sunday, five to three. Uh, Ulysses, your evaluation of this three-gamer versus the Rangers. Uh, first evaluation is, man, <laughs> they were close to sweeping. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that would have been nice. Uh, it, it was a, a tough luck, Corey Kluber third inning that got them in a, in a bit of trouble. Mm-hmm. And, and then they just didn't have enough at the end to, to pull it off. They got bases loaded. I mean, this is the thing with this race team, this race organization. I don't. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't remember a year, but I do remember a year. 2016 was awful, but, um, most of the years since 08, there's this like DNA in 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 the Rays organization to just not give up in the ninth inning. If there's somehow any sort of bloop and a blast away, you, they'll usually, for the most part, give you some hope in the ninth inning. And that's such a refreshing thing to 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 see year in and year out and year in and year out. And so so they did that again. The bases loaded. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. But Saturday and Sunday did work out. And I want to highlight. Uh, a couple of, uh, of players because you know they deserve the, the the praise and they usually never do get the praise and and the first guy I I, I want to put a little bit on the, on the podium here is Francisco Mejia mm-hmm. uh, in his last thirty games two eighty four uh, batting average three twenty four uh, on base four twenty two slugging that's a seven forty six OPS. I know the home run is only one in the last 30 games, but the 12 RBIs do mean something. I know if the if you're analytics driven, you can just put the mufflers and then uh, right. do not hit RBIs. But Friday night, he was basically the whole offense on Friday. He's also showing that he can do it with the glove. There was a uh, a catch there that he did off the of the railing, which was pretty pretty neat uh, to do that. But he keeps uh, runners in check now. Um, he has evolved into being a guy that if you're going to run on him, he's got an, he's got an arm now, and he has a little bit of a better pop time than than in years past. So you also get the the praise by multiple pitchers on the staff yeah. saying, "No, Frankie Mejia, Frankie Mejia." Uh, so overall, Francisco Mejia has really just stepped up in 2022 in a way that I don't think many race fans saw. Maybe yeah. they they liked the bats. Maybe they liked that he could. Um, run better than other catchers but then that was it they right. didn't think that his glove work could evolve and it really has yeah it's really he is an unsung hero of this season for the rays sure his numbers aren't 
I don't even care about the numbers for a catcher. What he has been able to do this season with being forced into more of a prominent role, the tax that that plays on your legs and on your body, but to still maintain the offensive prowess that we know uh, from Francisco Mejia. I mean, he has really stepped it up in the sense of it's like Zanino goes down. Ah, what do we do? Can we trust Mejia? We can absolutely trust Mejia going forward. I think defensively and offensively, and there's so much to love about what he does offensively in the sense that there'll be times where, you know, it's, he won't even have two strikes to his name, but he knows that there's a runner in scoring position and he doesn't have to have a home run. He's just looking to put the ball in play and get a base hit. He's so, so adept at hitting the ball down the line, either pulling the ball down the line or hitting the ball the other way down the line. But you'll see him, he'll choke up. And yeah. and he does not want to he does not want to take a walk. He does not want to take a strikeout. He wants to put the ball in play. And he is such a skill and a knack for that. And credit to him for, you know, uh it, it's not easy to have to catch two, three days in a row consistently and consecutively when you haven't really been used to do that over the past couple of years. And um, he's not a big guy, so that's another thing that's really impressive about him. Uh, he's not six foot three, two hundred twenty-five pounds of muscles. He, he's kind of a, yeah. a more slender type. So to be able to to take the brunt of what he's doing and running the catching position, uh, just credit credit to him. And you hope he's able to keep it up for the rest of the season and in the postseason. He's just a fun player to watch, and you can kind of see now where. Um, bouncing around from the then Indians to the Padres to now the Rays, you can see why he was such a hype prospect at the time. But sometimes you're mainly a catcher. It, it, it's not, uh, it takes more time than, than a lot of people give credit for. It takes time to develop. You know, everybody yeah. thinks that just because they're the, the, the Juan Soto's and the Acuna juniors and the Julio Rodriguez, they come out of 21 and, and they're kind of almost a finished product. Nobody's a finished yeah. product ever, but they come out just like killing it. They think that, oh, well, that Luis Patino, why isn't he working? Because he's 22. Right. Because he's 22. Francisco Mejia, he just needed some time. And especially, I mean, when you talk about acclimating yourself to the big leagues, it's a whole nother thing. Like I, I've, I've heard actual uh, MLB dudes like studs not just the ones that have a cup of coffee the, the studs that stay there say that the catching position is almost being a two-way player so it, to the yeah. fact that you have to handle like not only like oh the 12 that maybe are in that particularly active roster but it's the dudes from triple a that might get shuffled in it's the guys that get traded into the team it's a, it, mm-hmm. and when you say that and then you're a race fan and you understand how much of that actually goes on I mean, what he has done to be able to to keep this this line moving of of pitchers that just come in and come out, come in and come out. I, I don't I don't think people understand really the the, yeah. the really hard work that that takes to just get to know all these guys and be able to create a report and then get them to trust you. I mean, if we gave Zunino all of that praise. Let's give it to the guy who's actually now the primary since like around mid-May. And then right. again, the race did not have the luxury of the race offense from 2021 uh, this year. They had a crap offense for a lot of the 2022. So you're telling me that the Rays are actually 
holding the the one of the wild card spots in a year that their offense really didn't do that much because mostly for, because of injuries and also underperformance by some players but this pitching staff has let this the, this team here and if you're talking pitching staff you have to talk about the catchers and the guys who manages that yeah. the, the, the 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 play calling yeah, and I think one thing that's probably helped save Mejia's body a little bit is catching from one knee as opposed to the traditional crouch. That saves a lot of guys as well. Uh, there's more to highlight, uh, more guys to highlight from this series, as uh, Ulysses alluded to. But first, we have to tell you about Bet Online. BetOnline.net, it is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is also your continued source for your sport wagering info, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. That online, it is where the game starts. So Francisco Mejia's on your podium of congratulations from this series against the Rangers. Who else is on your podium per se? I got to give it to a guy who's been, <laughs> he is a fun player, like F-U-N. Just fun. Jose Siri. (laughs) Jose Siri. My goodness. He has been such a joy to watch with the glove most mostly. But with the bat, let's let's also give credit to the bat in the last 15 games. Okay. Look at this slash line. 286, 333, 381. That's a healthy 714 OPS for a defensive wizard. Again, only one home run, which happened this weekend. Three RBIs. But it's what he does when he gets on base that is the most impressive thing about his offensive skill set, okay? He's basically scoring around a 50% clip when he gets on base in this last 15 games. Like, he gets on base. If you're a race fan and you're watching the game, boom, Jose Siri gets on base, you're like, okay, 50%, he's going to score. That's that's how it's been in the last 15 games. It's unreal. And it's it's the speed that he creates. Uh, he's a dynamic player. He had two stolen bases this week. The the havoc, the 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 making the pitcher maybe uh, not pay attention a hundred percent to what he's going to throw to the hitter because he has the the, the yellow you know flashing uh, on his peripheral from Siri uh, with his cleats or or his wristbands, whatever it is. It's it's just the whole package of Jose Siri. This guy could evolve to being something really, really special for the race. Yeah. He's, uh, in one word, a spark plug, a spark plug for this team. And let's consider it, in 41 games with the Rays, he's got 31 runs. Contrast that with Houston this season. In 48 games, he had just 18 runs. In fact, I believe I saw some sort of stat where Jose Siri is one of he has the most runs scored or is up there in most runs scored of the last month, month and a half, whatever it may be. I mean, if you extrapolate 31 runs over 41 games to 162, it's a pretty, pretty impressive uh, mark there, not to mention what he does defensively with the greatness there as well. So uh, that's number two on your podium. Do you have a third or is it a two-man podium? 
Actually, yeah, I, I, I want to like just give you a, a, a little bit of a, a of a high five there on on that um, that stat line. He has thirty runs scored since August twelfth. Enter the day tied for the major league lead over that stretch. So that was before mm. Sunday's affair. So uh, pretty, good. pretty pretty cool. Seven for eight stolen base attempts since joining the race. So I mean, again, a- everything that he has been doing has been working. Uh, and I just want to say the glove work, I don't know if you've noticed, but it's really fun seeing a guy who is so sure of himself s- basically make it known to everybody who's watching that, like, yeah. I'm really good. I'm very confident. Like, yeah. that – it's it's not cockiness, It's and which is which I appreciate. Because if it were cocky, then I would be like, dude, like, ugh, stop, right. you know? But it's not cockiness. It doesn't come across as that to me. Maybe it does to some of you. And if and if it does come across to some of you as cockiness, please write down in the comments because you're yeah. watching on YouTube, you're subscribed, and you're hitting that like button because you like us and you want to help us be better. Anyway, the way that he catches routine fly balls, the way that he sometimes will gallop the extra step to, to kind of look a little bit better. He has that Kevin Kiermaier uh, DNA that says, I'm really good at this. Yeah. You guys are watching a treat. And I have just loved that attitude. Yeah, you almost need that from a center fielder. And he can contort and adjust his body if a ball tails one way or the other. So he's really good at that as well. So a series on your podium. Anybody else that you want to highlight? My last guy to highlight would be another catcher. Hello. Christian mm. Bethencourt in the last 15 games. Let's look at this slash line. 286. Okay, in 56 at bats. 286, a 286 on base, a 518 slugging. That's an 804 OPS. Three home runs and five RBIs. Now, if you notice the slash line, you notice that the batting average was the same as the on base, which is odd, right? Because you're like, wow, he doesn't take walks. No is the answer to that question. Kevin, do you want to guess on this Monday uh, how when was the last time that Christian Bethencourt took a walk? Mm, I will say August 25th. Uh, strike one. I'll give you a couple more, just for fun. August 27th. Just for fun. Strike two. Okay, uh, I'll go backwards. August 5th. Closer. Does anybody know the answer to that? If you know the answer to that, uh, again, write it in the comments and say, I ain't know it all. I'm like Jose Siri. I'm really confident in my knowledge of the game of baseball, especially when it's race baseball. July 24th. July 24th was the last time that Christian Bethencourt took a walk. But what I'm saying with this is this. This is why I don't buy into this stat matters and only this stat matters. People that only look at batting average, you're wrong. People that only look at OPS, you're wrong. People that only look at WRC+, you're wrong. People that only look at RBIs, you're wrong. All of those things put together give you an actual picture of who the player is. Do not discredit any stat and do not only look at one stat. Look at 
everything. So you look at the 804 OPS and it's, it's pretty great. But look at the walks. He doesn't take walks. So every player is different. And this is why I love this team so much because everybody has a different skill set that they put to use. And Christian Bethencourt, he want, he has a bat. He wants to swing. He's not there to take walks. He's there out there to hack. And he hacks really, really well. And you saw it this weekend with that bomb. Actually, three bombs in the last 56 at-bats, which is the last 15 games. Three bombs, five RBI. So he makes my podium. Christian Bethencourt, way to go. And by the way, yeah, he's also a catcher. He also has to do the same thing with Mejia, maybe at a lesser extent, but still create a rapport with all those pitchers. Still manage the, 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 the play calling. Still a block. Pop time well. Throw, throw guys out in second and third. Like, all of those things that we praise Mejia for, that also goes to Christian Bethencourt, who also was acquired in the, mid, in the middle of the season, too. Yes. So that's even more impressive. Can I add a name to the podium? Please do. One, Nathaniel Lowe. <laughs> Fair enough. When I was Very watching good. this series, I was thinking of, man, it would be nice to have that type of production that Mr. Lowe is putting up for the Rangers in the middle of the Rays order. 25 homers, 310 batting average, 508 slug, 873 OPS, 147 OPS plus, not to mention the 71 RBIs and 67 run score, 3.3 war this season as well. And um, again, I we understand the, the circumstances of that trade and congrats to Nate Lowe for building up and building off and getting a little bit better each time. Could this be his career year? Sure. Is it, this may be the best year he ever has, but something tells me that I just love that left-handed swing and uh, taking the hand off the bat. Man, it is really smooth, but um, this, he could be, um, I don't want to see this is one that got away. We still have yet to see uh, the returnees that the Rays got for that. It depends what they do at the professional big league level. They're still young. Basabe, Hernandez, Ovales. I will tell you, though, they're all 21, 22 years old, and they're all crushing it in their respective ways in the minors, low, mid-minors for the Rays. Basabe, 324 batting average. Hernandez, 24 homers, 867 OPS. Ovales, 14 homers, uh, 799 OPS. So you hope one of those, two of those pans out, but – um, I, I'm thinking in the present and thinking of what the Rays could do this season and maybe next season. And uh, it'd be nice to have Nate Lowe in the order. Just saying. And I mean, I don't think you're wrong. And I, I think that people that made the front office moves to, to, you know, do that trade would also say, yeah, it is, uh, you know, talking to Bryce Patrick from um, locked on Rangers, he did mention without being prompted, without being yeah. prompted, he said, but god-awful defense at first base. So that was his big detractor, right? Like why he wasn't being played as much with, with G-Man Choi. It was, oh, well, well, the glove is not as good as G-Man's. Well, mm-hmm. I, that hasn't improved while with Texas. Now, again, I am not, and I, I believe I will also speak with, uh, you know, in parts with you that we don't care about one side or the other. We care about the yeah. overall value. Overall values would right. matter. So in a team that is struggling with offense, yeah, all of those numbers, as you said, with Nathan, with uh, Nathaniel Lowe, 
Um, yes. Now, th- those would be really nice to have. But, you know, sometimes you have to lose trades, uh, at least in the short term. Right. So people will still pick up the phone. But you're right. Those guys, all of them, um, Heriberto and Oslavis, they're, they're, they're young, like real yeah. young. And there's still time. There's like three more years until we actually see the fruits of, of yes. that trade. So if you're a race fan and you're just like disgusted by that Nate Lowe trade, like I understand, but you got to wait. Yeah. Sorry. You got, you got to wait. And you also have to understand that, Hey, Lowe's defense so bad at first, the Rays may have been like, Hey, we only want to DH you. And he comes back and says, I don't want to DH. That creates a problem. And that creates a situation where, well, something's got to give and that means we have to trade you to another organization and again the return at the time was still was good and i think it is still really good we just have to maybe we don't uh, get to enjoy the um the pop of of nate low now but maybe in the future we get that from basabe hernandez of whatever it may be uh, it would be nice, uh, you know it, it'd be nice to have a, a nathaniel low in the order for this upcoming series for the rays against the Houston Astros, three-gamer against a team that is, uh, I mean, I'll just go ahead and say it, they are the the team to beat in the American League. Uh, last I checked, 96-51, and 51. awesome at home, awesome away. I mean, they're just about even home and away. They've won eight of their last ten, and it uh, should be a fun, fun series as we got Luis Garcia going up against Drew Rasmussen, Christian Javier versus Shane McClanahan, and Lance McCullers versus Corey Kluber. Um, so I'll be curious to see how the Rays uh, handle this one. Yeah, I, I Texas back to back, right? Texas and then yeah. and then Houston. So that that's funny how that worked out. Look, those pitching matchups are lickety fing, finger good if 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 you're a, a baseball fan like that. That is just good baseball coming to you in the next three games. Uh, we we. I don't know what to expect. I mean, their one, their magic number is one right now, the Astros. So yeah. even if they lose the first game, they could they could potentially clinch with a loss from the second um, from is it the Mar- Mariners? Yeah, so the Mariners. Yeah, they're they're like fourteen games up on the Mariners. Believe it or not, it's. Insane. I mean, yeah, the the magic one. It's like it's gonna happen. But just so you yeah. guys know, it's it could happen. They could be very happy tomorrow, and they could yeah. be very much in a let's get it done with tomorrow. Yes. So that could potentially mean if the Rays were to lose tomorrow, or actually today, because we're recording this on Sunday evening. Whoops. Um, if they were to lose on Monday evening. Could you see a different type of lineups on Tuesday, mm. on Wednesday? And could those changes be beneficial for the Rays to get those two Ws on Tuesday and Wednesday? So that'll be interesting to see because maybe you pull a Texas Rangers drop. drop if you drop the first yeah. one, maybe you can get them on the on the on the later part. But it, it's it's going to be tough, man. This is a really good yeah. team up and down. Like there's no break. There's no break no. in that lineup. Where, where is it? There's no break anywhere. I mean, pitching second best team ERA in Major League Baseball, second in whip, third in save, second in complete games, fourth in strikeouts, second in batting average against offensively, eighth in run scored, sixth in OPS, fifth in homers, third fewest strikeouts in the game. Now, I say this, uh, that's a really good point you made about, hey, if the Astros just take that, that first game and they've clinched their season, 
maybe they do a little partying, partying in uh, St. Pete or Tampa and maybe have a little bit of a layover there for game two and or game three. Or maybe it's an opportunity to, hey, we can we can rest on our laurels just a little bit. Enjoy it. Enjoy this moment. And let's roll the, the young guys out. Let's not force the issue with some of our pitching staff. So that may uh, work out for the race standpoint there. Now, let me say this. Um, look, the Astros are as complete as could be. I'm not disagreeing or arguing that. But I wonder how much, if at all, their record. Again, it's there's nothing bad I can say about the Astros except for trash games. Um, how much of their record is a little bit buoyed by the fact that you play in a division that includes the Angels, the Rangers, and the Athletics? The Rangers and the Angels, 20 games under 500. The Athletics, 40 games under 500. That's got yeah, that, to add up. The, I mean, what, what if the Rays were playing in that division? What, where would the there's, yeah, I'm just saying. Well, look, look at the AL East. I mean, I don't have it in front of me, so I, I have to look it up. But um, the Baltimore Orioles are have been, you know, in in the in, in the in the hunt for a wild card spot until maybe like a week ago. And the Boston Red Sox are 71 and 75, so they're four games under 500. Like this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous the disparity in 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 talent. That this is why I am all for get rid of divisions. Hey, Manfred, I know you listen to the show. Rob, look, text me. I can help you out. Get yep. rid of divisions. Stat. It doesn't matter. If you're going into a schedule next year with less divisional um, matchups and, and so you want everybody to play with each other, you're, you're heading into the right direction. It's every team against every team. It really shouldn't matter. It really shouldn't matter. And you know what? If if the traveling gets too crazy, well, I'm I'm really guessing that there's a kid out there who can create an algorithm that can just become a better scheduler than the ones that you have already. Okay, uh, that that has to that don't tell me. Oh well, it's the travel that 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 really like no, like it's 2022. We have holograms of dead artists in concerts, and you're telling me that you can't schedule baseball games with an algorithm? Bleep off! I do not believe that. So yes, get rid of divisions. Get 15 teams in one. Get 15 teams in another league, and then the best team should go. I mean, that division is ridiculous. I mean, I'd want to see how the Astros uh, fare if, if, if they had a Blue Jays, a Rays, an Orioles, a Red Sox, instead of, you know, what they had to do, you know, deal with this 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 year. MLB is progressive, so there may be a day, uh, a day time, and place where uh, balanced schedules and no divisions uh, become a thing. I don't know. It might be, what do you think? Within three years, five years, ten years, twenty years, I'm gonna go with a decade, but hopefully sooner than that. Okay. Second question: yeah. Do the Rays win this series against the Trash Cans? I'm gonna go with yes because I need that to happen because we might have a Houston locked on uh, Astros crossover uh, on Wednesday night after that game. So I would really like to have some, you know, props there during that crossover because um, it would just be helpful. Yeah, you don't want any, uh, excuse me, for this uh, trash talking from 
Brett right. and Eric. Uh, yes. So there we go. All right. Uh, thank you for making the Locked on Rays podcast your very first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Locked on MLB podcast. That is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we will talk to you tomorrow.